Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Broja. What's poppin' and welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you missed us as much as we missed you. I'm your host Zay. As always, I got my guys with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, your guy, bro, Joe, holla at him, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Feed family? Yo, we have a great show in store for you today, News and Notes, our Super Bowl review. And we're starting a new series called Fantasy Fix. This week, we will be starting with the NFC East, kind of dissecting each team within the division, letting you know exactly what it is they need to maximize their fantasy potential. Um, If you're trying to find us on Facebook, we are at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And if you need to get any info to us, uh, advertising, promos, things of that nature, Fantasy Football Fiend, that's F-E-I-N at Gmail. Let's go ahead and hop right into your news. And now your fantasy news. All right. So let's kick it off with the most fascinating news that uh, came down the pipe. We all thought that Derek Carr was going to end up being traded. But throughout the week, we found out that Derek Carr was basically giving his old team, the Las Vegas Raiders, the middle finger and um, basically said, yeah, I'm getting out of here, but you're not getting anything for me. And I'm not going to help you rebuild as you get rid of me. Whatever team I go to won't be minimalized because I'm heading there. So, I mean, for the way that I look at life and the way I look at football, I don't even know why it would have been on the table for him to be traded. If he had the option to do what he just did, that's exactly what I would have done. If he had a ridiculous contract that other teams would not be willing to come close to the same money, maybe he would have just preferred the trade versus being cut. But Derek Carr has been cut. So what do you think about this scenario? What is the likelihood of him ending up on one of the teams that we've discussed as of late, such as your you know, Jets, Tampa Bay, New Orleans? There's a few different teams out there right now. Even the Carolina Panthers are trying to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. A lot of teams out there are looking for a Derek Carr type, just somebody that can hold it in the road for him. Who do you think is going to end up winning out in this bid? Well, you know, this is the purpose of the no trade clause, right? The player is protected. They pretty much control their own destiny. This is just a prime example of how that works. You can say you want to trade me anywhere, and I'm just going to say politely, no. And that's the end of that. Carr, he just worked it to his favor. As far as teams, I mean, there's only probably a handful of teams. There's a few teams that's looking for quarterbacks, but a lot of those teams are looking for younger quarterbacks, kind of starting over, new coaches, new coordinators. But then there's a few teams that's looking for a veteran presence. So it's probably going to come down to probably like three teams. I would say, if I was a guest, I'd probably say the um, Saints, the Jets, and maybe a dark horse would be someone like the Carolina Panthers. But other than that, I, th- I think those other teams are looking for more uh, younger guys going to build from there. Yeah, I agree. And just to add to what Vander's uh, saying, any team in the NFC South right now is in a need of a quarterback. I think this really works out for him because as opposed to waiting to the league year, he can start taking his time and preparing himself for whatever his opportunity is. Obviously, a defense is going to play a part in that decision. And I think it kind of leans heavily towards you know those teams being the Panthers, the Jets, and believe it or not, still with New Orleans, with everything they can do to restructure, they can retain a lot of their defense. So do you guys think that this is going to be a long, drawn-out type of thing, or do you think it would behoove Carter get in and get it done before some of these other pieces or these other dominoes start to fall, such as your Aaron Rodgers of the world, your Jimmy G's of the world, before teams decide definitively that they want to go the younger route and get one of the guys in the draft? Or do you think that he comes out on the better end of it by taking as long as possible. Uh, I honestly think he has an idea already on where he's going to go. Um, he already visited the Saints, I think, twice already. So right, yeah. that's a team that's to watch. I think the Jets already have a wish list that David Carr is not top on yet. 
I think they're holding crossing their fingers for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I agree with that, but the only thing with that is you might mess around and come up snake eyes. We don't even know if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to retire at this point. We we don't we don't know what's going to happen with that. And, and if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, let's say he ends up Green Bay says, you know what, we changed our mind. You're under contract. You're the plan here. You're retiring, or he or they trade him somewhere else. And Carr's already on the team, and you're a team like the Jets that don't have the you know a high draft pick. What are you going to do then? Are, are you back to Mike White? At that point, it may behoove them to just go with Carr. I don't know. Well, the one thing that the Jets have on this side is a lot of these other teams are NFC teams. I don't see the Packers trading him to the NFC team. Teams like the Saints, teams like the Bucks, Carolina Panthers, they're all NFC teams. So true, Packers already true. came out and said they're not going to trade him within the division. That's the kind of one thing that they also you know have on this side. Are there any AFC teams other than the Jets you've heard that kind of have Rodgers on their radar? The Raiders. And, and also probably the Tennessee True. Titans okay. as well. Tennessee okay. Titans. Right, right. That's going to be interesting because it's, a, it's several teams that kind of have Rodgers at the high end of their wish list, but he's only going to get to go to one. And I think the other team is going to kind of end up being screwed, but we'll see how that works out. Real quick, I think one team that should be interested, haven't heard that this guy, he's just not running his franchise right. The Miami Dolphins need to be trying to get Rodgers. Because Miami, I can see that, yeah. Because if I was a GM, you know, I'm putting my GM hat on, which I think I'd be good at this job. I can't, I'm not doing the contracts. I would have to hire somebody to do the numbers on that. But as far as personnel, <laughs> the Dolphins can make two moves and be a contender. That's Aaron Rodgers and Kareem Hunt. They get those two guys, mm-hmm. it's over. Like, cause, and they're all going to come not to, you know, Kareem Hunt, they probably can get for a third or fourth round pick. And then, uh, as no, far as in Kareem Hunter free agent, the Browns. I'm, I'm not sure they still have ties I, I to him. Now, if, he, if he's completely free, then you know, go get him. But I think Kareem Hunt and Aaron Rodgers, those two moves will put them definitely in contention with the higher uh, Fangio. That defense should be a lot better next year. You already have the two fast pieces on the outside. Like those two moves, I think will take that team to the next level. I like it. I like it. I'm not sure if this is just some BS going around our chat or what, but I got to throw it out there just in case it ain't. Are you guys hearing that Chicago is contemplating trading Justin Fields? What the hell is going on here? What more did you think that he was going to be able to do with the little that he had on that team thus far? Who could have done more? Uh, Is this for real? Well, you know, I heard this the mumblings for a few weeks now. Actually, they were thinking about moving Justin to a because there's a lot of there's a few quarterback needy teams in the draft that's kind of hot. Thinking about moving for one of those picks and then you know collect those picks. That's what they've been doing, right? The Bears have been trading away their best players. They traded away Quinn. They traded away Roquan. Hell, even Eddie Jackson was up for debate at one point. Those are like the top three players on the team. You know what I'm saying? So he was a guy I think that's trying to use a draft pick to get him and go another route with quarterback. I just don't think he fits the mode of what, what they were thinking they was going to get. I thought they thought he was going to be a better passer uh, of the football. How would they know without any wide receivers? I mean, that's true. But at the same time, I mean, now that he's in the building, it's something not quite happy with. I mean, we see the same thing in San Fran, I think. Shanahan fell in love with Trey Lance in the shorts and helmet. And then once he got inside the building, it's like, hmm, I might have missed something. You know what I mean? So I think the Bears are kind of going through uh, buyer's remorse, you know, right now when it comes to him. Interesting. Interesting. I'm actually thinking something a lot different from that, only because, like, we've seen with Ryan Pohl so far, he's been really transparent. Like, he, every move he's made, he's done said it, like, to the media and to the press, going from Roquan uh, even to Robert Quinn, like he's like made it public to what he's trying to do. He's already going on to say that he that is the 2023 starter. The speculation behind it was that a GM at the Senior Bowl said that uh, that they that they're shopping him or that no no that he'll be dealt. Let's be specific that they think he'll likely be dealt. But to your point, uh, Zay, is that he hasn't had a chance to actually show anything, and I think they put this offense around him similar to what Lamar Jackson had with Greg Roman his first year, where it's more so a skill set thing where we're going to put this around you so we can be the most proficient or efficient that we can for the time being. And then in the offseason, we're going to propel you to do a lot of other things. If people watch college football, he's a great pass. He's a very accurate exactly. as well, too. Absolutely. So I like, and I got to see him at Georgia because he came to Georgia first, and I was blown away just in spring games. Uh, to his accuracy and how good he is. And also, too, he's also one of the more intelligent quarterbacks in, that came into the league. He um, scored a crazy number on the test, higher than Mahomes and Josh Allen. 
So his ability to recall plays, learn offenses and stuff like that, it's up there. So I, I really feel like it's it's news until it isn't news because Pose, you know, I think they have a good grasp what they want to do, but he made it clear. Someone will have to blow me away. And if you look at the senior bowl where this came from, none of the first-round quarterbacks were at the senior bowl. So it's, it's one of the things we got to see it. Calvin Ridley just applied for reinstatement on this Wednesday. So it looks like the Jaguars are going to have an addition to their wide receiver room. Um, which kind of showed and proved this year to a level that many of us didn't see coming between Zay Jones and um, your boy Kurt out there. Marvin Jones didn't quite do all that much. I think Calvin Ridley will be kind of taking over that role. They're trucking right along here. And if they take the next step with this offense, especially adding who looks to be their most talented wide receiver, the Jaguars may be a team to kind of fear within that division because that division isn't looking too pretty. We'll talk about some of the other changes in that division here pretty shortly. But what do you guys have on the Jags and one Mr. Ridley? And is this a guy that you kind of want to possibly, um, speaking to Dynasty, go after now before you see or hear anything? Or is it someone that you kind of might want to wait on? No, you definitely want to be ahead of the curve when it comes to this. Um, if he was smart, you already have him already. Um, I acquired him. You know, right after the suspension, you know what I'm saying? You got to kind of jump on people in their, in their feelings in the moment. Like, oh, man, I don't want to wait a year, but be be willing to wait the year. I did move him in the trade, but what I'm saying is you definitely want to be ahead of the curve. So hopefully you already have him on your team. And if you're interested in him, I think you should go ahead and get him now before he touches the field. This guy's young. He's not like he's an old receiver. Um, great skill set, great route runner. Uh, going to Peterson, I think that's a good match. I think this team is going to go as far as Lawrence take them. I think everything is there. As long as he's, he can control the turnovers a little bit and kind of start games a little quicker because he seemed like he, you know, get going later in the game and then they have to play catch up. But if he can, you know, get going early in games, it's going to be a, a tough team to beat. Dalvin Cook underwent so shoulder surgery on Tuesday. This is interesting to the fact that as of right now, the Vikings are kind of shopping Cook, being that they're trying to, you know, help out their cap situation a little bit. And he is on the elder side of things as far as the running back position is concerned. Once you hit that 26-27, they kind of feel like you're on the downhill heading towards no longer being, you know, quite who you were before, but he could be a godsend for several teams that need running back help. One of the first teams that came to mind for me was him going to the Buffalo Bills and hooking up with his brother and that particular squad that's kind of only in need of that type of runner paired with, you know, his with James Cook, who kind of be the change of pace or the, you know, the, the scat back or the third down guy, however that may work out. It looks like Cook is going to be on the move. We just don't quite know where yet. Do you think that Dalvin Cook still has enough left in the tank to still be one of those running backs that should be sought after? Or is this going to be one of the final nails in his coffin, changing offenses, changing teams, and things of that nature? No, I think he definitely got something in the tank. I mean, the last four years, this guy has been one of the most productive backs in the league. I don't want to see him in Buffalo, though. I think he had hurt the, pro, um, the progression of his brother, in all honesty. It sounds like a cool story, but I don't want to see him there. Uh, Somebody going to be there. <laughs> they can't just go with his brother. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but it could be someone in the draft. I just don't – I think it's time for – True, true. If, if, if Singletary's going to move, I'll just go ahead and bring the guy up. Y'all just draft it and believe in and let him, you know, be the lead dog. Don't let him stay in the doghouse and bring another guy in. I don't think that's cool. What about New Orleans? Uh, no, I mean, it's the, it depends on what the Camaro news is about. If they're going to move on from Camaro or whatever, then that's cool. But again, Miami Dolphins, get on the horn. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. You, you'll probably see the Philadelphia Eagles go out this guy as well. Um, there's going to be a couple of teams True. that need running backs. This is a free agent, so they're going to need a, a, yeah. a starting running back. Yeah, and, and the Miami be a good, a good uh, location as well. You spoke of scheme. The scheme is similar. He's kind of he's he ran in that that style, that zone one cut run scheme before so um he had one of his better years in that scheme so he'd be kind of used to that yeah i think with dalvin cook um i wouldn't read too much into the surgery he's had this recurrent issue going back to even in college so, the dislocation of his shoulder mm -hmm. it happens it seems to happen like once a year and also too as far as contractually what they have to do with uh bringing kirk cousins along and the other opportunities they have to save money from adam Thielen and um harrison smith a few other players there leaves room for him to kind of renegotiate his salary, kind of convert a majority of it to 
a signing bonus and leaving his uh, base salary at a league minimum. I think he could co- possibly come back for another two or three year deal. They just got to rework it and change uh, some of that verbiage. Um, but I do like the places you guys mentioned. I think it's, I, I, I'm excited, you know what I mean? Cause we get to have these conversations. Um, but there is like a method to where they can keep both of them similar to an example, Zeke converting his over to majority of his contract to a signing bonus, just like I kind of alluded to before. Also, real quick, though, um, kind of a piggyback. I mean, yeah, Cook is going through the situation, but Alexander Madison is also a free agent. I was just about to bring so that up. Yep. that would definitely yeah. – I think they're really trying to decide on, okay, do we cut Cook and save – I think it's like – I'm not sure the number. I think it's for around $8 million or something like that. I'm not sure what it was, but somewhere around there, they'll save by cutting him, and then they can go the Madison route. Or because there's, there's a few teams already saying they're going to be interested in Madison, so yeah, it's, it's and Madison is a free agent too. Yeah, yeah, it's going to so, be interesting. And they were talking about trying to go ahead and give Jefferson a new contract that was going to be upwards of thirty million a year, making him the highest paid wide receiver. Sheesh. So that's another reason why they're trying to you know, move some of these guys. But here's the thing about it, though. That would be the position to put money in over running back because this guy can be that guy for the next decade. What running back do you know that, you know, can literally put points on the board like that for 10, 12 years? So if you're going to do it for a skill player, it would be for me if I'm putting on my GM hat wide receiver over running back because special wide receivers are hard to find. But it seems like you can find a guy that can get it in the end zone, sixth, seventh, eighth round, undrafted. There's some guys that are just special and they're drafted as such. But then there are guys like your, you know, James Robinson of the world that come out of absolutely nowhere. And it's like it, it, it devalues the position because it's like, hey, if we really wanted to, we can find the guy, the Isaiah Pacheco's of the world. And it goes on and on. We'll just have to see how that situation uh, ends up turning out. We'll definitely keep you abreast of that. In our weekly saga of coaching moves, we have Baltimore, who has hired Todd Munkin as the OC. Do we think that this gets them a little bit more into Lamar Jackson's good graces and it makes it a little bit easier to pay the way now that they have a coach who's going to be willing to kind of have that no risk it, no biscuit type of mentality, give him an opportunity to throw the ball more? Or do we think that this was a move that really has no indication one way or the other what's going to happen with Lamar. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't care who they bring in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He gone. <laughs> what, the, what does a chick look like? The guaranteed money. It doesn't. Yeah. It don't, I don't care if you revive John Madden from heaven. He comes down and coaches team. It doesn't matter who the coach is. It doesn't matter who's calling the plays. What does those zeros say? That's what Lamar is at right now, right? Um, so let's say all things are equal, and let's say that the the money ends up being eventually ends up being right. Do we think that this particular coach is going to be a good fit for Lamar, or do we think that this system is actually going to be one of those? Hey, it worked better for the NFL, but for fantasy, it kind of took away what made him special. Do we have an inkling of how this coaching style is going to, you know, either propel or either kind of? reduce the amount of fantasy points that Lamar is capable of putting up. We already have an idea on how this offense is going to look, but this is the thing, right? With Munkin being there, and if Lamar does come back, they need to get some wide receivers in there that fits this scheme. Like uh, Facts, yeah. One thing about Lamar in this scheme, and he's going to turn the ball over probably more, but he's going to light it up. Fantasy-wise, he'd be the number one quarterback, without a doubt, because it's, it's a vertical scheme. Um, a la Bruce Arians, like they're going to push it downfield the same year that you see Jameis. Right. Well, well kind of that scheme. Maybe the, the year before the 30 that. For 30. <laughs> well, it's going to be like that. But the year before that, when they had uh, Fitzpatrick and they had, um, there's another quarterback, they split time. I mean, you're going to be floating around 4,800 yards passing. Like it's that type of scheme. So, um, so do you think this would be a great place? For, my, my mindset is this would be a, a perfect place for. DeAndre Hopkins to end up. Well, I, I was saying in our chat earlier, Mike Evans, he played in the scheme already. True, true. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Munkin, Munkin is familiar with him. Mike Evans had, I think, 1,500 yards receiving under the same offense. He's a guy that is talking about possibly can be moved. So I can very well see, maybe I'm calling it here first, but I can very well see him going that route, going to Baltimore. But it's, it's probably going to depend on who's the quarterback going to come around. But 
from what I'm hearing, it seems like the Baltimore Lamar is really far apart. It don't seem like they're that close when it comes to the guaranteed money. So, Joe, what you think? Might be a moot point altogether, huh? <laughs> yeah, and I think um, one of the things that kind of leads it to like something being really ambiguous is that Lamar actually took part of the offensive hiring. So he was a part of this process. Okay, um, didn't know that. And readily involved. And I think, you know, I'm not saying it means that it, it plays into one hand or the other, but to what Vander's saying, this has really good fantasy relevancy. Not only did he have a phenomenal pass air raid offense, but even in college, they averaged 200 rushing yards and uh, 273 passing yards a game. He, this guy is just, he just knows that he's, he reminds me of, and not as far as like play calling, like as far as the offense, but he reminds me of Andy Reid where he can just evolve along with the game. Like this guy knows, is really familiar with RPOs. He's familiar with all these schemes and concepts. Um, and I think it, he really plays to the personnel around him. Again, he went from, you know, with the Bucks having a top passing game, and then he was really diverse when he was with Georgia. I think this is a great hire for for Lamar, but like I said him being a part of it kind of it, it, it's a it's a good way of writing the ship. But like Vander said, where's, where's, the, where's the money at? These next two coaches, Joe, I want you to highlight me about them because I know you had a lot to say in the chat. We have Arizona's new head coach Jonathan Gannon, who was the former Eagles defensive coordinator, and then we have Shane Steckton, who was the former offensive coordinator, who's now the head coach of the Colts. So do we how do we see this working out for each of them? So I'll start off with the Cardinals first, only because you know he's a defensive guy. We really like to talk fantasy. As a team as a whole, I like this hire a lot. You're talking about a high energy person, you're talking about somebody who's gonna hold them highly accountable. Like Kinsbury, he he was soft to me. Like I don't know what it was, like his demeanor, like how Murray was coming up to him and getting in his face and stuff. Like Josh Gannon is like, I don't want to, again, it's not to dissuade somebody from misinterpretation. He has that. He is like a Rex Ryan kind of dude. He's a MFR profanity using, you know, hard nose type of coach. And we've seen what he did with the Eagles, you know, to bring it back in circle. I like the similarity. The coaching hire really comes from the GM and his similar, you know, his familiarity working with Vrabel and stuff like that. Somebody who's also a player's coach. I think they just kind of got it right in the sense where get the defense because they have the the parts there to be um, really successful. They got uh, Buda Baker, uh, Collins, Isaiah Simmons, Marco Wilson, Jalen Thompson. You're going to only add in the draft. Now I want to see what he does as far as bringing somebody around uh, Kyler, but I really like who they could possibly bring as OC. Uh, going to Shane, I enjoyed hearing Shane uh, – uh, coming aboard with the Colts. I think this is another good hire. You're talking about somebody who speaks to the quarterback, obviously his time with Phillip Rivers, then Justin Herbert, and then we've seen what he's done in the two years with Jalen Hurts. This is just a guy who just really gets it uh, philosophically, and I just like what he did with the offense. Again, it's another thing where you kind of see what he's done already. Um, Ursay kind of tipped his hat in the interview. I watched the interview a couple times, and he just kept iterating. to It's like almost he's like talking to the media – but talking to ba uh, Baylor at the same time, like, yeah, a young quarterback, though, right? We're going to get this young quarterback. Oh, what was about that guy from Bama? And it kind of lends to the mentorship part of Shane as a kind of tipping of the guard to, like, they might be going younger at quarterback or, or or more directly going into the draft to get them a quarterback. I like it, man. I like what it says for uh, Alec per uh, Pierce. I love what it says for uh, Pittman. And also, too, in the sense I put in our uh, Facebook group, the tight end position is finally going to have the guy. We don't know who it is yet, but once they kind of get to the point where they announce a starter, based on the snaps that he gave Hunter Henry and Goddard, we know that he kind of doesn't have a 1A, 1B, a three-guy tight end group. Like It's going to be a definitive guy, so I'm excited about that part, too. As far as the hype for the Cardinals, um, I got two words for Kyler Murray. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> There's a daddy in the house. You know what I'm saying? Right. Daddy's home. You know what daddy's I mean? Daddy's so, home. Yeah. It's, so, either, you know, either you you, you, you get right or you, he'd be like Melvin putting the choco around your neck hey. and asking hey. if you want something from the stove. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's going to be one of them type situations. Um, And this is what's needed. Because now we're about to see where you at. You know what I'm saying? It's all about accountability. I think that's what he's going to bring to this team. Um, they already have some good defensive pieces there already. He's probably going to have these guys flying around. 
They have a good draft pick. Um, they're pretty high in the draft, so I think there's some really good defensive linemen up there. Um, Anderson, the kid from uh, Georgia. So this is going to be um, – this is a good hire. Just want to see what his OC is going to be to see how they get these other pieces together because their offense could be falling apart. We don't know what's going to be on that side of the ball. Hopkins could very be leaving. Connor is up in the air as far as, you know, being um, healthy. The other receivers have been kind of banged up as well. And then now your quarterback is coming off a, a surgery. So he still has a job ahead of him, but he has a, some good pieces on defense uh, to start off with. As far as the coach hire, uh, I'm not mad with the hire. I think there's a lot of other deserving coaches, and we'll get to that later, I'm sure. But I'm curious on what does this mean for Jonathan Taylor at running back? And, he, of course, he's the most gifted guy in the room, but I thought Miles Sanders was the most gifted guy in the room as well. Right. And we and see him. the committee. Three right. Deep, so four deep at I'm, I'm really kind of curious on what does this move mean for a guy like uh, Jonathan Taylor. Now, the next guy up, it's interesting to me that he turned down the Arizona job, supposedly. The reason that it fascinates me is because I believe he would have been exactly what we refer to Jonathan Gannon as being, the daddy in the room. Um, and that's Ryan Flores, who took the Minnesota job as the defensive coordinator versus taking the head coaching job for Arizona because he felt like it just wasn't going to be a good fit, which to me was coach whispering for saying, I'm not trying to fuck with Kyler Murray. That, that's just kind of what I, I, I took from him. There are only 32 jobs um, in the NFL that you could be a head coach. And for him to turn down that one, it's basically him saying that, yeah, if I took this job, I know exactly what y'all going to do. I'll be out on my behind in a year, and I'll never have another shot at being a head coach. I'll pass for now. Yeah, with Flores, it was kind of interesting. Like, I, like this um, hunt was really a long and extensive process for them. I don't know how high they were with Flores. I think, you know, with Eric, like you said, with Murray's uh, perspective, this is a put up a shut up for you moment for Murray because, like you said, it's a lot of accountability coming into the organization from the GM first because, mind you, he he's a Patriots guy. He done won two Super Bowls in that organization. It was an integral part putting that team together uh, for those runs. He he has it from GM now to head coach, and it's ironic that his like where he at in his recovery came available to the media as of yesterday. You know the little training montage and everything. It's all eyes on Murray. As far as going back to Flores, um, I'm glad he went to the Vikings. I think it's a really good opportunity for him and to get a right fit. You know, with everything that happened, he deserves to be a head coach, just like to Vander's point. Other people we, we can also uh, talk about as well. To me, there's no reason to turn down Arizona. I think they're a sending team. I think that had been a good imprint for him to put his defense uh, on that organization. Uh, yeah, I love, you know, me, I love Flores. Um, I'm not sure if this is a job for him. I think he probably made the better decision um, in this, in, you know, you know, it's hard though, right? Because you know, as as uh, guys of color, it seems like you have to take the job that they offer you, no matter what it is. You can't just turn down jobs. So uh, I know it's pretty difficult if he was offered and turned it down. I'm not sure if that's a, is that 100 percent. He was actually offered a job. I'm 95 percent sure, just based on the fact of, of where I heard it. But basically, what they were saying is that they gave him the opportunity. He took a couple of days to mull over it, and then they, you know, went a different direction after he did what he had to do as far as Minnesota was concerned. But yeah. I, I can kind of see if he can get Minnesota over that hump because the the one thing that they were seemingly missing is that toughness, that discipline, if you will. They can put up points all day long, but. Those penalties on the defense and those lapses on the defense are it's kind of been what's cost them in years past. So if he can kind of help them, you know, get get to the playoffs and you know maybe win a game or two on the back of that defense, then he'll definitely be up for a head coaching job. And and one can only think if I think there were like maybe like five jobs this year, they'll minimally be that same amount next year nine times out of 10. So taking that stair-step approach and taking the best job on the board versus just taking a job because it's a higher position can sometimes lead you down the path that you ultimately want to be on versus you being in the situation to where it's just lose, lose. And then after you have that one year, it's like, oh, okay, we gave you your shot. Bye. That's kind of where I'm at as far as Flores is concerned. But I would have liked to have seen how Kyler Murray responded to Flores, but It'll probably be somewhat akin to how he responds to Gannon because they're kind of two peas in the same pot, if that makes sense. No, I can agree with that. Murray's, we already know what kind of guy he is. He got his money, and 
it's gonna be it's gonna be some button heads. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. Rough road ahead. Yeah, man. Lastly, in the coaching front, it looks like Rex Ryan may be back in the coaching game. He's currently the top candidate for the Broncos head coaching position, excuse me, for the Broncos defensive coordinator position after being fired by the Bills in 2016 as the head coach. So this I can see working out well for the Broncos that Ryan camp has always been crazy good as far as defensive coordinating is concerned and not having to have the additional duties, if you will, of a head coach, which he could have been a little bit better of a head coach, but he could have been a whole lot worse, too. But having Peyton take care of your offense and then having a situation to where Peyton doesn't have to worry about the defense at all, I think that works out well for everybody involved. So what do you guys think about this if it does indeed end up coming pen to paper? Man, when I when I heard the news of this, I was excited, ecstatic, because I've been like, yo, again, my GM hat for the last years, I've been saying, yo, why won't somebody hire Rex Ryan, man? Like, it don't make sense. He's not in the league. Especially as a coordinator. Okay, if you want to be a head coach, I get it. But as far as a defensive coordinator, the proof is in the pudding. This dude always has a top defense in the league. And looking at the the roster that's sitting here in Denver. That part. Ooh. They were already a top five defense. <laughs> bro, bro. It could, it could get ghost, us. That's the what they Buddy need, Ryan, though. Man. The ghost that, of Buddy that's Ryan. That's what they need. He, yeah. And he got the corners because the, kind of, the kind of defense he runs – it's gonna be a lot of man. It's gonna be a lot of blessings. So right. he got he got good corners there for that. You know, in New York he had Cromartie, he had Revis, so he got some good guys that's already in place. Boy, this, this is a, a match made in heaven. And, and don't think for a second that it won't be guys out there that's available to come to Denver that won't come just because he's there now. Oh yeah, because he's he's a player's coach. Yeah, exactly. There's gonna just, be guys just like that my want boy, to play um, in that defense. What's my boy name who was there? Um defensive coordinator who was the head coach in Dallas that year. Wade? Yeah. Phillips. Wade Phillips. Like yeah, these Phillips, like, yeah. players love these dudes, man. Right. Absolutely. Like they adore these Especially guys. Especially when they're not the head coach. When right. they just the man But they they but the man. thing is the only I think they where they make the mistake at head coach is they just not you know, being not a head coach, the right, offensive right. like you got to be a good manager, right? So, yeah, all the players love you, but you just got to pick the right guys to run to get things running smooth. You're so focused on the defense that you're just picking the wrong – you're picking your homeboys to run the offense, and that's what people are going wrong at. They're picking all their friends. That's why you see this coaching carousel because everybody hired their buddy. Did he get fired? You find you give him a job, and then he gets another job. You get fired, and then he give you a job, and then you gonna coach receivers, and you gonna coach. The, it's just like a carousel. So I think those guys get caught up in that. But as far as just play calling for a defense on the defense side of the ball, this this is it. Like this is a match made in heaven, man. So I I hope he gets his job. Yeah, I was gonna. I think you guys spent like um, really broke down the Rex Ryan thing too, like so well. Uh, just like a Vander kind of put out there in our dynasty chat that Dave Cannell's move. I had looked into that a little bit, and it ain't one of them things like is he really good or like um, one of those things. I think more philosophically, they kind of hired this guy because he's just a, a educator. You know, what I mean, he's just really good at doing a plethora of things. Obviously, he spent time as like a QB's coach. He was the passing game coordinator, but he spent a majority of time in Seattle at wide receiver. I just like the blend of offense. If it's one thing, again, it's not fantasy relevant because we don't know what this guy's going to do. He never – this is when the Vanders, he doesn't call plays. This is when the, that mantra really holds a lot of value. I like that he's a blend of uh, Schottenheimer and Waldron, but even those, those names statistically doesn't really ring bells. I just think it was a, a solid move for them wanting to kind of develop their players – to really have a good rendition of the uh, West Coast offense. And I, I guess Seattle, we did this year have the 12th passing offense. But, again, he did that more so as a passing game coach. Where did he go? Coach, to Where the he uh, Buccaneers. Up? Offensive oh, coordinator to, for Buccaneers. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. I didn't even have him on the list. I completely skipped him. My bad. So, and what was what was his name again? Dave Cannells. Dave Cannell went to Tampa Bay as the new OC. So mm-hmm. – we have Byron Leftwich that still doesn't have a job. That's interesting that he couldn't find another spot to be an OC. That's, and, dang, that, um, yo, that's crazy. Now we just seen the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl. The defensive coordinator of the Eagles got a head coaching job, right? Yep, and the okay. offensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator got a coaching head coaching job, right? Yep. They lost the game. Yep. On the winning side, the offensive coordinator, who just won his second Super Bowl, hasn't been offered a head coaching job. That's just yep. how hard it is 
for people of color to get these jobs. Now, this dude has went to five straight. Um, is it four or five straight AFC Championship games? I think they've been all five, right? Because no, they've been to three Super Bowls. They've been yeah. to all five. They've been to all five. So AFC they've been to five three AFC Bowls, Championships. And won two Super Bowls. This guy been to five AFC Championships and won two three Super, Super Bowls, Bowls and could have and could have won a third if it wasn't for like that. Yeah. The offside by um yep. uh, oh boy on the um, the defensive, the defensive line. end right yep come on now they, let's, they, let's they, do better they, they, they gave Brady his uh his last better. championship there basically. let's let's do better man let's do better people let's do better come on let's do better and and, and Andy Reid went out there you know everybody said oh well Andy calling plays Andy went out and said he was like yo listen the second half the game plan that was all he be like. Everybody could see the, the two plays that they score on. He said he's seen something in the Jazz game that the Eagles played against with the little uh, guy going motion, possible jet sweep thing. Yeah. And we see Kadarius Tony call touchdown, and then we see uh, Sky Moore did too. Sky Moore called on the other side. Like, come on, man. Let's, let's, let's do better. Let's do better. Dude got two rings, and he's getting interviews for offensive coordinator. Why? Hold up. I'm, I'm now coaching the best quarterback in the NFL. Why am I going somewhere else to do the same job? True. I'm gonna do a lateral, so I'm gonna take but, a lateral. But hold on, move. Though. did you hear that he was talking to Washington? That's for um, OC job. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a lateral so, move. So that's my point. They pigeonholed him into a place where he could win three more Super Bowls with Kansas City, but he won't get a head coaching job unless he goes somewhere where the offense is ass, such as the Commanders, and make them look good. And then he'll probably end up taking over for Riverboat Ryan if the if 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 he can make them look good enough, and but they just don't have the win loss record that Ryan can keep his job for another year. But I've that never seems seen, to be the I've direction. I've never seen this done before. You're right. I agree. To do this accomplished, it, it looks like he's been forced out of Kansas City and into Washington. That was gonna be my only thing with this, and it's not to say there's nothing funny going on because. Why is that you are constantly being put on the out? You know, you have the accolades. I'm not trying to speak to him as a, a person. I know he was a good football player. I remember Eddie being the running back when I was a kid. As far as a coach, you know what I mean? Like, why is that you're being put on the out and you're the, you're being this successful in Kansas City? Now, I, I will say that I've heard in the past that, you know, some players didn't have the most glowing reviews of them in the way he goes about handling his business and they kind of felt as if he was the lead dog in charge. That could be a mutiny at some point in the locker room, just based on the way he kind of does what he does, but he wouldn't be the first one and everybody else has got an opportunity to fail. And it ain't like it ain't some organizations out there that aren't in a position to, whereas it would hurt them. I would say like you, you, you can do much worse is I guess how I'll kind of put it, but definitely fascinating that pretty much does it for the news let's go ahead and hop into our super bowl review man super bowl was legit man i i I enjoyed the game i'm glad i didn't have a dog in the fight because I could see my heart just beating out of my chest all game long for one reason or another, just depending on who you were going for. But this was a hell of a game. Although the Eagles didn't win it, Hertz just got himself quite a bit of money because he would have easily had the Eagles put it out. He would have easily been um, not only a Super Bowl winner, but a Super Bowl MVP as well. I just can't say enough about what I was able to see from him on the other side i can't say enough about what mahomes was able to do and the fact that he came into the game supposedly off of a high ankle sprain two weeks earlier kind of re-injured it during the game wasn't necessarily the type of game that they like to play they didn't um win the time of possession battle they literally had to score on just about every possession in the second half to kind of get back to where they needed to be to, to get a control of the game but I mean, this was a hell of a game, and I can see Patrick Mahomes, you know, already being in the conversation, definitely the quote-unquote active GOAT, if you will, but already being in the conversation for greatest of all time, not quite not quite being up there with the Tom Brady's and Joe Montana's of the world just yet. There's a few more steps you need to take. Longevity is one of them. Hell of a game, and Kansas City showed up, and hell of a game as far as play calling was concerned they were able to 
make the second best defense in the league look silly on a couple of plays. So no sacks in the game. I mean, they were just able to impose their will, their offensive line, um, who was the number two offensive line in the league. They they looked just like they were the number two offensive line in the league. Hell of a win for Kansas City and the Kansas City fans out there. What do you guys have on the Super Bowl? He's already in the goal conversation. Definitely. I can I mean, definitely see that already. He's got to be a top five already. Who's better? I mean, you talk about Montana. You talk about Brady. But then who? I, I said two names for a reason. I, I can't I mean, really you see what I'm saying? I can't he's really already think of nobody that, that's, I yeah. mean, you know, guys like guys like Elway. I'm taking Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Guys like, you know, Rodgers. I still like Rodgers, too. Oh, hell no. Um, what, he had a, a 12-year head start say, on him? Say what you want to say about Rodgers, but I'm just saying, like, he's still one of the best quarterbacks we've seen. Okay. Now, nah, I mean, as far as the, the, the hardware, that's one thing I get it. He got one, but as far as just ability, um, he's one of the best that we've seen do it. I mean, he just came off back-to-back. I can agree with years. that. I can agree with that. Um, you got Elway. Uh, you got who? There not be no Troy Aikman or no them Marino, the guys like that. Like he's already there. He's there. You know I mean, yeah. Like I just said, he's been that maybe five Steve straight. Young, maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe. Give me Mahomes. I don't know. I don't you know. know. What I'm saying like <laughs> this guy went to five straight AFC championships, three Super Bowls, one two, and he's young. Like he has a long way to go. You know what I mean? And um, Craig came by yeah, him. It looks like he might have that gene in him where even when he's hurt, he ain't quite hurt. So if, if he has that along with his talent, man, he's a man. dog. He's a dog. All dogs don't look the same. And I know he's lighter complexion, curly hair. Even some lap dogs will bite the hell out of you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, he don't look, you know, he, he don't have that look. He don't look grimy and gritty and all that. But the dude is a certified dog. You know what I'm saying? He got grit. I mean, he playing on an injury that usually keeps you out minimum three weeks. He's limp, you know, minimum and can go longer. Just a reminder, this is the same injury that uh, that almost Jimmy Garoppolo Cup's career. Look at Jimmy <laughs> look how long Jimmy Garoppolo been yeah, out. Facts, facts. You know what I'm saying? If you want to look at the, the same, same position, yeah. Right. You're right. But the thing that won this game for me is just like most games, I say, whoever controls the line of scrimmage wins the game. And we seen the number one pass rush go against the number one uh win rate pass team offensively, and they just kick their butt at the line. Like, they didn't get hands on him at all the whole game. He didn't get dirty. And if you don't get him dirty, this is what this is what you're going to get. That's it in the handbasket. Like, there's, there's nothing really to talk about. They didn't get hands on the quarterback. You cannot play the whole four quarters and he get zero sacks. And it's on Mahomes and expect to win the game? Absolutely not. I don't care if you're out there in a wheelchair. You're not going to do it. He's not going to win. This this one was the one for me like that I really enjoyed and it was highly competitive. Uh, just going back to what we kind of alluded to earlier, going back to uh, Eric Bieniemy. Um, well, first let me say this: I think Eagles had the momentum going into the second half, but they play calling. I don't know. It was just kind of flat coming out the gate, and you can't do that against a team like the Chiefs. You just can't do it because what the Chiefs did once they did that uh that three and out, the Chiefs went right to the running game. Was mixing it up, don't you know? Started cooking and pretty much, but to go to the Eric Bieniemy part because there's, there's a 21 27 game going into the fourth quarter. What they noticed, in addition to what with Jacksonville, the Eagles are a good rotational team. So when somebody goes in motion, they know how to pick up those assignments. The added part to them was the half motion, and then the person goes back out. Those two instances with Sky Moore and Tony was doing that, which is really knowing what something that Eagles did well at. And then throwing that wrench in it and doing a half motion and coming back around to, like y'all saying, like the QB sweep and, and those different options. That was really ingenious of them because that put them up 14 points before the field goal close to the end of the game. So I just think like the Eagles just fell flat. And for a team that we're going to talk about in the next segment, that doesn't look good for you because I don't I'm not sure about the Eagles Super Bowl chances uh, in the coming future. The one thing that I can say that surprised me the most about the Super Bowl is the fact that both bets that the public was heavy on came through. And that was the Kansas City side of things and the over. I know, Vander, you were telling me in our chat, you were like, yeah, this game is easily going over. I don't care what the public, what what Vegas say. You can put that on Mary Had a Little Lamb. It's going over. So, yeah, I, I give you that one. One thing that I didn't expect as well, as far as props are concerned, is for Kansas City to have as few passing yards as they had, and they were still able to come through in the clutch. So that was an amazing game on so many different levels. And 
I'm just glad for one that we have a ton of new talent at the quarterback position that is extremely young in comparison. And with the rules that we have in today's age, as far as football is concerned, these quarterbacks are going to be around for a while because they don't get hit. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to next year's Super Bowl already, and I'm kind of thinking that Patrick Mahomes may just be in it. But that kind of wraps up the Super Bowl review. Let's go ahead and dive into our fantasy fix series. We're going to be starting out with the NFC East. Dallas up first. All right, so I'm going to give both Brojo and Young Vander a couple of teams in the NFC East to fix. We're going to start out with Brojo and the Dallas Cowboys. They have several different moving parts going on as far as free agents, people that may resign, people that may not, trying to figure out what to do with the tag, trying to figure out what to do at receiver. Brojo, how would you fix this team? Yeah, looking at this team, uh, we we got a lot of needs, man. We we, we negative seven point six million in the cap. We got nineteen, uh, you know, undra- you know, unrestricted free agents, and like you said, I got Schultz and Pollard to kind of contend with as as far as a fix. I'm gonna go ahead and just tag Schultz. Uh, reason is is more more or less running backs to me are a dime a dozen. Pollard is really nice, explosive. That's all that great thing. I said the thing, the same thing about Gio Bernard once upon a time. And it's not saying he's not a good player, but Schultz just, he's one of them guys. Man. I, I got to keep him involved in this offense. Obviously, with the, the free agents I got available, I'm not really losing nobody that's really a hindrance other than Anthony Brown. So I just see this turnaround for the Cowboys being more or less. They're going to restructure a few contracts. They're going to put that tag on Schultz. I don't really see us being really active in free agency, but we are going to build through the draft and kind of put some more pieces back on defense that we're going to lose in the offseason. I'm going to draft me a running back. I, I'm, I'm going to get me one of those guys in the draft. So I think it's fairly simple. Like I said, those things. So are you going to let go of Zeke? Oh, Zeke, came, Zeke coming back on a one-year deal Come, already. So Zeke's coming back. Are you franchising Tony Pollard or are you franchising Dalton Schultz? I'm franchising uh, Schultz. Okay, so you're gonna work out a long term deal with Tony? Oh no, I, I'm at the, I'm at the let him touch, man. I, I can't, I can't afford him. Touch free agency? Oh yeah. Ooh, so keep Zeke, rookie running back. What are you gonna do at wide receiver? A uh, wide receiver. So I think honestly, I'm kind of in a conundrum because I just gave oh boy coming back from the ACL, I gave him a bunch of money. So uh, uh, Michael I Gallup. Yeah, I gave Gallup a lot of money, and then like you know between everything else, man, like. It's the focus is on Lamb and you know Schultz for me. Like I don't really have to worry too much about wide receiver. I think honestly that's going to be a day three kind of address. I might go get. Okay, the, so I know. slightly disagree with you. The only reason I slightly disagree with that one point that you made so far is because they were basically kissing OBJ's ass, and he ended up not playing for anybody. But that showed me that they feel that they need another wide receiver of significant talent. To me, if I'm if I'm the GM and I'm looking at the salary cap and what I got to work with, there's room to get a wide receiver. I think once you put this month the bag on Schultz, it's really gonna put me in a bind to where like unless somebody gonna want to take the the league minimum, unless I can find a way to kind of finagle it to most of the money as a signing bonus, I'm not gonna have too much wiggle room to go get an OBJ that might want nine and ten million dollars a year. Could it work out contractually? It's possible, but. Speaking most definite, I would probably bypass something like that because if I'm already committed to 13 some odd million to Gallup, why well, am I going to put another 10 million a year into another receiver? That's, that'd be my thinking. All right, young Vander, put on your GM hat. You are now the GM of the New York Giants. How are you going to fix this team? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Okay, the New York <laughs> Giants. Um, you know, this team, they play this year on heart. And I mean hard alone, right? Facts. You're right. Um, they definitely overachieve. That being said, I don't think um, they would do that two years in a row. Honestly, this this it's time for this. Well, they're kind of in the blow up stage in a way. But I think it's time to to really go that way. I'm okay with keeping Daniel Jones, considering what else is out there. I think you you have to kind of like you have to keep him. I, think, I agree um, with that. Another year in, in the same system would be beneficial for him. As far as Saquon, I would let Saquon test the market. Um, I would probably try to trade him if I could. Um, maybe you could do a sign and trade, franchise and trade, however you do that deal. I wouldn't let him go for free, but I would definitely try to get something for him. And, and try to get some 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 good veteran wide receivers in this thing. 
I would go after a D. Would this be a good place for? I, that's ex- that's exactly what I was. Yeah. What would you be willing to give up though? Because like you said, they got a lot of holes to fill. Well, I mean, whatever draft pick I can get for that Saquon, maybe maybe a third, uh, maybe a second. I mean, I wouldn't try to like sit there and play. Wait, chicken. so are you saying that you would? It would almost be a straight up trade, like whatever. Yeah, I would do that. So would you just not just send Saquon to the team that needs a running back and then, then they send you Hopkins then? Yeah, I'm cool with that. If the Cardinals would okay. do that, I would do that. Because, like you say, running backs are a dime a dozen. And there's some good ones in this draft um, that you can take advantage of. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty I would, sure Singletary wouldn't mind hooking back up with Dabble. So, I mean, you know. Singletary is also a dark horse guy. Um, I'm looking for him to go here as well. Um, cut, cut Kenny Galladay, of course. Okay. Move I'll make. I is that a big cap hit? Do you know? He's been there two years, I think. Right, Joe? Two yeah, they can move so. on. They can move so, on from him yeah. uh, after this, this year. year. So he's a, yeah, usually after this s- year or this year. This year. This year. This year. Yeah. Okay. He's gone. Yeah, he's yeah. gone. Usually, you know, once you're in that second, third year, you know, a lot of that stuff be front loaded. So you. And I don't know if y'all on. saw, but they cut Sterling Shepard today, so he, that's he's a great officially move. free agent. Yeah, that's a great move. I would um, but I would I would get some veteran. Some veteran receivers in here to go with my young quarterback D Hop. I probably would get another guy that can work in the slot. You know who who maybe go after Hunter Renfro. I would go after Jacoby Myers. You put Jacoby Myers in that same position that Sterling Shepard was in, and it's a wrap. Well, the slot on this team was is really like Wandale Robinson, right? They probably got to see what they got in him. I'd move him to the outside and, and let uh, Myers take over. I don't the know. Slot. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they could do that. Um, this defense, I mean, it's a it's a decent defense. They could build off of it. You got Dexter Lawrence there. You got Leonard Williams. You got you didn't put some draft capital into the guy Thibodeau. Um, so I would yeah definitely still work in the draft and and, and draft some defensive guys. You know, you got those guys that has a little bit left in the tank, and I would bring in a lot a lot of those. I would bring in a lot of those guys. Like we just seen the Eagles brought in Sue. They brought in uh, right. the other DT big boy. Another run stop. Um, 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 Joseph, yeah. uh, Lin- what is it? Lin- Le- 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 LeVon Joseph, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you so go. there's always guys like that that's great veterans, still have a little bit left in the tank. And I'll be trying mm-hmm. to go with the guys like that to fill out the rest of this team to try to compete. But the main thing I think is definitely sewing your quarterback up and then seeing if you can get some veteran presence at the receiver. Give him some good targets to throw at. They already worked on the offensive line last year. He got a lot better than the years before. He was one of the worst. Uh, but during the draft, they, they grabbed some guys, and uh, it, it's gotten a little bit better. That's pretty much it. I mean, I still think they're far away from being, you know, contending. But um, I definitely would uh, just try to get some veteran presence in there with my quarterback. And I'm going to switch it up just a little bit. I originally had for Bro Joe to do Dallas and Philly, and then you, Young Vendor, to do the Giants and Washington. But I'm going to flip the the second two teams because I want both of you to have one of the quote-unquote upper echelon of the division and both of you to have one of the you know lower of the echelon in the division. So, Vander, go ahead and give us your outlook. Put on your GM hat of what you would do in Philly. And, Bro Joe, you're going to hit up Washington. Man, Philadelphia. I think they're missing a window. I thought they missed a window this past year to win it. And the reason I, I do say too, that because you got to pay Hurts now. <laughs> there you go. It's always good to get that championship when that quarterback's on that well, rookie contract. I say that tongue-in-cheek because he does have one more year where he would make $4 million if they didn't re-him up in this offseason, but they do kind of have one more they, year where they can kind of play they, it cheap if they Man, choose. they better go ahead and get it. Go and give him the 50. Give him the 50 ball because if they wait, because everybody right now is everybody. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got Herbert coming up. Yeah, um, Burrow's looking down the window. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't want to get honestly just what Kyler Murray got. I've already outproduced Kyler Murray, minimally speaking. Now I know you might not be able to give me the Watson contract because that was just an outlier that nobody can match because ain't nobody gonna be as dumb as Cleveland was to do that. But I don't you can't I tell don't me know. I don't deserve Kyler Murray. I think, I, I think uh the Cincinnati Bengals gonna give Burrow a blank check, me personally. So the only thing with Cincinnati is Cincinnati is notoriously cheap. Like their owner is like cheap, cheap. But I mean, it's like as far as the contracts that are already out there right now, there's no way you can come but, to me if I'm Jalen Hurts to tell me you're going to pay me less than Kyler Murray. This is the best quarterback the franchise has ever had. Let's think about the Cincinnati franchise, Achilles Smith, uh, Boomer Esiason. Oh, like no, they, no, no. I'm talking so, about Jalen. No, no. I'm, you said you said the, sing, the Bengals are cheap, right? Yeah, 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 that's not gonna happen. They are gonna pay this boy. This boy gonna get a blank check. I promise you. Macaulay Culkin, he gonna get a blank check. 
going to give him whatever he want. You know what I'm saying? So I think the Eagles need to go ahead and get ahead of the game because you can wait too long. You don't want to be in a dog fight with your quarterback. You know what I'm saying? You, we seen what's That's kind of what happened to Dallas, didn't it? When they had to overpay that? Because somebody got a, a, a check right before him or something. Well, they, they actually could have saved money if they had paid that sooner. But they waited. Right, right. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and we seen look what the Ravens are going through, right? So I don't think True. teams want to be in that debacle. This team is kind of in place. I mean, as far as uh, offensively, uh, some of the guys you might have to get some. Jason Kelsey, maybe a guy that retired. That's something to, to watch there because he's extremely key. This is probably the best center in the league. One, you need to be trying to beg him to come back. That's one. You don't want to lose him. I think Lane Johnson may be a free agent as well, right? He's thirty-two years old. I think he's a free agent. I'm not sure, but what I'm saying is, you, you try to keep his offensive line if you can because it's the best offensive line in football. So much I would try to be if I could sew this office lineup. If I could hold home um, Jalen Hurts off for one year, that's cool. But I think you need to go and pay this guy. But offensively, man, just all the guys are pretty much in place. Replace that running back, Miles Sanders. He going to go well elsewhere. So I would definitely go after the guys. I think that they get a an additional running back in the draft because their cap situation is such that they probably aren't going to be any be able to bring in anyone of note. Right. I would put my targets on Bajan. I see a couple of mock drafts where they got the Eagles picking him because it depends on his combine. You think or his he makes it all the way that far? I mean, he's a running back, of course. Like he can drop, being that he's a running back. Now, of course, we've seen this is probably the best uh, prospect since Saquon, so he may go a little earlier than than most. I, but, I can't um, see him getting past <clears throat> Dallas if they're going to let Tony Pollard go. Yeah, and Dallas is another team as well that people were saying mm-hmm. could very well take Bajan too. So, like Joe was talking earlier, like if he's going to let Tony Pollard go. Cool, and you keep that for the one year, then bring Bajan in, and then that um, uh, Zeke can go out the next year, go out the door. And now you got your running back for the next few years, right? That's a, that's a good thing as well. Look for Bajan in the draft. If not, get a veteran running back in there. Again, Kareem Hunt, you know, I keep going back to that name because this guy is a dog. He's a baller. Third, fourth round, spin those picks and get a guy like that. I think they have a lot of guys they're going to have to let go due to Cavaliers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's going to be it's definitely going to be broken up. Next Which year. could actually Such a be cops. a positive impact on fantasy because if their defense isn't as good as it has been in you know the last couple of years, you're going to have to put up more points. So that could actually be a recipe for Hurts in the game to skyrocket to the moon. Well, you got Hargrave that's due. You got Fletcher Cox. I think he's about to be. He's probably going to retire. Gardner Johnson, you just got – they probably got to pay him. They just traded for him. Marcus Epps is due. Bradbury already talking about – he probably can go. He can go. I will probably find me a replacement for Bradbury. But I definitely want to keep Gardner Johnson in the fold. Fletcher Cox is probably going to go. Uh, I would definitely want to sew up Hargrave. Uh, Brandon Graham, Sweat, those guys are already locked in. Robert Quinn is another guy. He won't be there next year probably. You got Jordan Davis there. So this team is not really far off. I was just, again – Try to keep my offensive line together and then draft a running back and then, you know, go after it again. That's what I would do with this team. Bro, Joe, wrap us up with the Washington Commanders. You are now wearing the GM cap. What are you doing to fix this team? I'm in a good – I say I love having this team because the Eagles are in shambles. Oh, my. I wish we had an hour to just talk about how horrible the Eagles got it next year. But what I'm going to do with Washington, I, I, I have it really good, honestly – I'm in a phenomenal situation. I love it, right? So automatically, as far as the unrestricted free agents, I'm doing good. I only got 14, and out of those, I, I wasn't going to think about bringing back nobody. Maybe, obviously, Trey Turner, I really like him. He's still 29. He's really He should be affordable, but he also going to be a commodity on the unrestricted uh, market. But I'm going to try to bring him back at least. Now I'm going to go to running back position because I done threw out a whole bunch of names to me, right? We done talked about Dalvin Cook. We done talked about Miles Sanders. I'm putting in the bed. I'm putting my hat on, especially for Miles Sanders. Come be my guy. I like I like Brian, but Brian, Brian, Brian ain't it. Come over here. Come get me running back. And so I'm gonna try to resolve the running back situation. Even a Pollard. Pollard, you know what? I I'm not gonna give you that many touches. I, I like that. 35 touches. I get 235 touches. A game He's McKissick on steroids. Come over here. Come come to us. We good at um the tighter position. Give me Kaseki. Come on, let's come come over here, Kaseki. Mm. Holla at your boy. Tired okay. of having these injured guys who can't stay healthy. Come over here. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to look to Derek Carr. But, you know, I ain't banking on Derek Carr. Ryan Paul, you, you don't need that second overall pick. I'm going to send you three first-round picks. Let me go to number two, and I'm going to take the best quarterback available on the board, whether it's Bryce Young or Stroud, and I'm going to plug him into the quarterback position. On defense, I kind of got, like I said, I got everybody there. 
Now, they were talking about possibly moving on from Young, but if they go the Young quarterback route, they have five years of not paying a quarterback, so maybe they keep Young. Maybe that's the reason they go the Young quarterback route. Who knows? But uh, Sam Howell is still a Young quarterback that's not getting paid, too. So I know they were saying that they were possibly going to go with him. If they brought another Young quarterback in there, they'd kind of be battling out, you know, in camps, and Howell is nothing special, so he'd probably lose. Yeah, I, I I like having the opportunity to go get the guy. I don't I don't spend all this money on offense by getting Gasecki, and now I'm trying to bring in Miles Sanders or, or trade for Dalvin Cook and give me a cornerback like James Dean. You know what I mean? Somebody that's going to get a, a decent contract. You know, he's a top fifteen, top in that top eighteen area at cornerback. I want a safety, but you know, maybe in the second round of the draft, I can address something like that. Maybe if Harrison Smith gets cut from the Vikings for them to just save a little money, I can go ahead and bring him in on a veteran con- a contract. I like that move. I like that move a lot. And then, you know, that's what I do with my team. Love it. Love it. Love it. So that about wraps up the show for this week. Next week, we will be moving on to the NFC West and giving you our thoughts on how we would fix those teams. Until then, we out.